The Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Bo McMillan, and I'm really excited to be here today. I have emerged from my producer little hovel and come back out on the mic once again to host. Uh, But I'm also excited because I think the topic today we have is incredibly fascinating. Uh, And with me to lend her expertise is Catherine Anthony, registered dietitian. Catherine, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I know you've been on the podcast before, but I, I want to just kind of remind our listeners, what is a registered dietitian and what do you do here at Cincinnati Children's? Yeah, absolutely. So registered dietitians, um, we say that we are the nutrition experts. So we provide nutrition counseling. We do lots and lots of schooling to learn about the science of nutrition, how everyone's body processes food. And then we turn that into counseling. There's many th- different things a registered dietitian can do. But what I do here at the hospital is that I do nutrition counseling in our HealthWorks clinic. So it's a family-based clinic and I provide nutrition counseling to patients and their families. So we talk about what healthy eating looks like, how to make it realistic. We go over how to budget healthy foods, quick and easy recipes, uh, how to help them on their health journey. I love that. And we reached out to you because we knew we wanted to talk about nutrition and we asked you a variety of topics. And you came back with the one that we're going to hit today and, and we found it so fascinating, but it is how to involve kids in, kids in the kitchen and more specifically, how to involve them in the cooking process. And I, I love this for a couple of reasons. Again, I think it's a unique topic, obviously, giving kids a healthy foundation at a young age and and knowledge about food is going to help them into their adult career or into adulthood rather. But also on a personal level, I was really excited to talk about this because I am just learning how to become a better cook and learning Mm. how to bake in general, which maybe we won't talk about. That's not the healthiest. (laughs) Um, But I would say I am currently approaching all those things with the level of a child. And so I'm hoping to get some tips today from you. Well, today will be great then. (laughs) But let's start high level. So we'll dig down into all of this, but why is it important to involve kids in the cooking process? Yeah, so it's so important to get them involved. The One of the main reasons that research really shows is that when kids are more involved in the preparation, the cooking, it really helps them be more invested in eating the food. So especially if you're a parent who's trying to get your child to eat more fruits and vegetables, research is clear that if they're involved in the process, it is going to help because they have more buy-in. Um, and it really also just helps them learn practical skills, listening, measuring, counting. And then, of course, like you said, we want to set them up for success to learn how to cook to be able to be self-sufficient as they grow up. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I, I think especially going through the, the measuring and, and following instructions, I think that's so unique because mm-hmm. um, when we were preparing for this, I was thinking more just from introducing to new, you know, them to new foods, but you're actually teaching them life skills and how to think uh, on you know, a, a different cognitive level. Yeah, that's- time management how you're going to prepare all the components of a meal, bring them together. That's a really vital skill to learn later in life as well. Or if they cook like me, being disappointed when they mess up what (laughs) they ultimately fixed and it's inedible. (laughs) (laughs) What is it specifically about cooking and working with these foods that can help kids 
know about new foods and be introduced to uh, just healthier ways of eating. Yeah. So again, I think it comes back to a lot of the ownership. So think of a child coming home from school and being really excited or proud to show you a craft that they made. Almost that same thing translates into the kitchen. So if your child helps cook the carrots, they're going to be much more excited when they sit down, mom, dad, did you try the carrots? Or watching their siblings to see when they eat them, looking for affirmation. Did you like it? How did it taste? There's so much more ownership. Uh, that study specifically talks about um, ownership and creation of that, and it helps them feel more positive and in control. So especially when we're at this age, when control is a big thing, kids are wanting to have control over things, that can really help them uh, to have the, their own tasks that they can create. And uh, that's the big reason why it helps them try new foods and be more interested in them. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, it's kind of like show and tell, but, mm -hmm. but with the, the family and they yeah. get to fix what they're showing. So what about the discovery of new foods? Do you find in your research that this is helpful as well for kids to learn about new things and try different types of foods if they're involved in cooking them? Absolutely. So whether that's letting them be involved in trying to, to, to select a new food from the grocery store, that's a great place to start. Or if your child is very selective or picky in what they eat, that can be, this is a great strategy as well. So if they're younger, maybe showing them pictures of multiple different fruits or vegetables and say, okay, which one of these do you want to try this week? And so then instead of saying, mom saying, you have to eat your green beans, it, the child knows, oh, well, I picked out that we're all going to have to try broccoli this week. And then maybe you rotate a, a, another sibling or another family member is able to do the same. And again, it brings back to that control and ownership that that's really going to help them be invested in trying something that they had the power to select. Mm. Yeah, I, that, again, makes perfect sense. Just that ownership of mm -hmm. something, even if it's new or potentially scary or yeah. gross to them, uh, being able to, to take part in that. And I, I like that you presented a, okay, which one are we going to try this time? Mm -hmm. So you make them even involved in the decision-making process, right. not just the cooking process. Absolutely. So I'm sure there's not one universal answer to this question, but what's the right age to get kids involved in cooking? Yeah. So right from the get-go, actually. So being involved in cooking can actually just be observing. So when your child is under the age of two, having them in a safe place where they can watch what you're doing, see what's happening, knowing, um, even telling them, explaining them what, what you're doing. So saying, okay, now I'm going to get these vegetables or I'm cutting these or this is why we have to cook this. But just, again, just getting that language more and more comfortable around them so that they're familiar with the task of cooking. Uh, and then we can sort of walk through, you know, today talk about as we go age and stage what what that looks like to be appropriate as far as a level of involvement because um, obviously we graduate from just watching to then actually getting to get some hands-on experience there. And is that just a matter of the parent feeling out how well a child is taking to something or their individual skill level with whatever they're working on making or whatever tool they're using? Or yeah, it's going to be both of those. So it, it all depends on the development and stage of your child and how they do with holding different uh, tools and what level of listening they do if we're around heat. Obviously, we want to be very cautious of all of those things. So all of the things that we talk about today, we definitely want to do with supervision, unless, of course, we're talking about older kids. But mainly all of the things today, it's going to be, you know your kid best. So what what do you feel comfortable with? Um, but also it, it is scary to begin to teach them, um, especially when they're holding, you know, different tools. And so 
really modeling and showing them, but then also being, you know, right there behind them, guiding their hand, showing them what to do and giving them practice, being okay if the slice of cucumber, you know, is totally wonky and uneven, you don't have to correct that right away, right? Because then that doesn't help them want to learn that as much. Um, so allowing them to sort of learn and self-correct in those ways will be a really helpful exposure as well. Yeah, that's that's so great um, because obviously we know kids have different skill levels at different mm -hmm. times with different sorts of activities, and I'm guessing more often than not they're going to take to certain aspects of cooking than other based on the individual child. Absolutely, so, some kids might love to cook. They like might be all in. They want to be. They're the little your little foodies or little chefs, and some other kids might have literally no interest. So maybe if you're trying to involve them, that could be more of that selection grocery list. Whereas your child who wants to be more hands-on, then we can talk about all the practicals of cutting the vegetables and cracking an egg or mixing foods or different things like that that can help you in the kitchen. Uh, when I was little, um, my parents will hate that I say this, but they had to put me on like a leash when I went to the grocery store because I would beeline it to the eggs and just crack them. So oh. that is what I picture when you mentioned having one of your kids crack an egg. Yes, hopefully in a bowl, not in the middle of a grocery the, store. Yeah, the appropriate place, yes. right? Yes. So you mentioned some of these tasks. What what are just some practical, appropriate tasks for kids to do? And again, we know this will change based on their age and their skill yeah. level, but what are some things that parents can give kids to do in the kitchen? Definitely. So I think let's start once like around age two or three. So certain uh, tasks or roles, they could help wash produce. So if you're cleaning fruits and vegetables, this is a great thing for them to do. You know, they can stand on a stool that's safe by the sink. Um, if they need you to be standing with them, obviously, again, we want supervision with all of these things. They can help unpack the groceries out of the bag and hand them to you for you to put them away. Tearing things like herbs or lettuce, uh, shaking salad dressing if you're making a salad dressing at home. Uh, another thing at this age, two to three, is oftentimes kids maybe have a play kitchen mm. or some sort of play food items or pots and pans and that can be a great thing to put even near where you're doing your own cooking so you can say okay mom's going to cut the tomato now are you cutting your vegetable and then they can mimic that in a very safe of course all of these things are plastic so they're just doing this at their own um, their own kitchen um, but that can be a really fun activity especially when it's it's hard to balance cooking dinner and watching your kids and trying to do all of the things in the evening is very it can be very stressful and overwhelming and so if that task of having your child, quote unquote, cook alongside with you can at least help distract them or give them an activity for a little bit, that, that's helpful too. Yeah, that's even helpful for the, yeah, the parents who, you know, maybe they're not even like, okay, we're going to involve the kids in cooking tonight. Just I want to make sure they don't go off and get into trouble yes, while I'm cooking. It just absolutely. gives them something to do. Yeah, definitely. And then as we get a little older, like around four or five, there are lots of kids-safe knives that you can use. So plastic knives that have serrated edges are not going to be as sharp where they could cut soft fruits or vegetables. So that can be a great skill for them to learn. Obviously, measuring items, mixing things. They can even help set the table or maybe set a timer if you're cooking something that needs to be timed wiping down the tables. Um, again, whatever you feel like is also going to be helpful. Some of these, if you have lots of time, it's great, right? You can spend the time to help work on teaching your child how to cut. But if it's a crazy night and you're just trying to get dinner on the table, have them do something helpful. Have them wipe down the table. Have them set the table with, you know, 
what you feel comfortable that they can carry over safely to the table from the kitchen. Um, and then again, going back to that grocery list, asking them, you know, age four to five, we want to probably ask a more specific question versus an open-ended question. So, you know, we're out of oranges this week. Would you like to get more oranges or would you like to get apples this week? And so then they can answer that question. That's great because I know obviously you think about a kitchen, there are, you know, a lot of dangerous things in yeah. there. There we have knives that we use, there you know there, there's the hot stove, there's the hot oven. So obviously parents want to be careful about letting their children do that. Obviously they want to keep an eye on them. But it sounds like even if it's just washing produce or even just watching while they play on their little toy set, mm -hmm. there's something for them to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, when they get into that more six, seven, eight, nine, these are ages where they can peel the vegetables um, or they can, again, crack the eggs or get the measuring spoons out and measure specific ingredients, uh, put, help put the groceries away. And then um, even eight and nine use a can opener or chop more firm vegetables. So sort of as they progress, of course, they can continue to do any of the things in the younger stages if it's helpful, but also that there can be some more involvement there. Yeah. And then what about obviously older kids? Yeah. As you get older, you're probably starting to mimic a lot of things that the parents are doing at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, so as we get into 10 to 12, they can definitely work more independently. They could boil pasta. Of course, you know, if the stove's on that you want to be in the kitchen, um, they could microwave foods, follow a recipe, uh, collect ingredients and, you know, cook something on their own, chop vegetables, and again, use that oven or stove. As they get over 12, um, and as we get into the teenage years, maybe helping mom or dad in the kitchen might not be their number one uh, interest at that time. So especially if you have a teenager who's maybe become very selective or picky in what they want to eat, that can be a great time to re-involve them in the meal preparation or the planning. Um, so Oftentimes I hear from parents in clinic, they say, well, I asked him what he wanted to eat this week, and he said, I don't care. Um, and that can be really hard and frustrating. So maybe that's saying, you know, hey, here's this cookbook. Here's three recipes I pulled. Can you select which one you want to, to have this week? So then instead of just getting a I don't know, I don't care answer, there's a little bit more like, okay, here are your options to choose from. Now, of course, if they're interested in cooking, that can be a great way for them. Hey, can you pick out a new recipe? Let's get the ingredients together. Let's see what we have and then also put on the grocery list what we need to get. That's a really great life skill to teach as well. So it depends on what involvement level they want to have. Um, even maybe doing like a family night when you do have a little bit more time of, okay, the kids are going to prepare dinner together, right? And the family can be in the kitchen supervising, but, you know, they're going to be in charge of creating the meal. That can be a really fun activity. When you do have some more time, maybe over a break or on a weekend, um, and I can guarantee the kids are going to be very excited to see if you like it. They'll be watching your first bite. Like, is it good? Do you like it? They'll want your affirmation. Um, and so that can be a fun activity to, especially if you have kids over all ages, mm. that there's different things that they can do that can be helpful to kind of get everybody involved. I think that's such an interesting point about, you know, when we think of introducing kids to new foods or foods that they may, may not like, I immediately think of younger kids. But I was a picky teenager. Mm -hmm. um, there were certain foods that I just wouldn't touch, and so reintroducing them to maybe even foods that they had when they were little, and they don't recommend or they they don't remember that. Mm -hmm. um, that that's such a great thing to be able to do in that phase. I know, like for me, uh, it was a big texture thing. Like yeah. I hated certain textures, so I it makes me wonder. It's like, okay, well, let's find recipes where the texture of this food you don't like isn't as pronounced. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's a little more hidden in the dish and. 
showing them how to cook with that and absolutely the food that way yeah that's a really helpful thing texture is a big part of that where my kids don't like certain foods and so preparing them different ways or I have so many kids who say oh I hate vegetables because they've only ever been steamed right mm-hmm. okay well why don't we try sauteing them or why don't we try roasting them in the oven or in the summer why don't we try throwing them on the grill right that gives much many 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 different textures and flavors and that can really help them go oh I have had so many kids in clinic come back and being like, oh, that vegetable actually wasn't so bad when I had it a different way. That's got to be the best feeling when they come back in and say, oh, actually, this thing that you've been trying to, me- to get me to eat, I actually love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I tell them the goal, the goal, you don't even have to love it. You just have to tolerate it. Like, I'm not promising that you're going to love these vegetables, but if you try them over and over and continue to, you know, expose your taste buds to this new food, I promise you'll eventually be able to just tolerate it. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, taste buds have to change over time, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm not yeah. an expert on this, but I know just in my personal life, there are certain foods that I used to hate that I now love. And so does introducing children to these foods at a younger age, can they not just grow to not just tolerate, but even like? Yes, absolutely. So the more you can introduce at a younger age, the better. Getting kids used to different textures, tastes, smells, that's all really, really important. And it's very normal for kids to go through phases. They might, one day they might be eating strawberries, the next day they're throwing it on the ground or they don't want to have it. And so that's that's normal part of development. But the more you can continue to expose them to different, a wide variety, that's going to be really helpful. And to don't stop doing it. I know it's hard, especially if you're, feels like your kid's wasting a food or they're not wanting it. If you've served it over and over again, they don't touch it. Even just the presence of that food being on their plate and them seeing it, that repeated action is helpful. So if your kids are not eating fruits and vegetables, still keep putting them on the plate. Even if they don't touch them, it's still more important um, to at least for them to see them. And maybe they'll touch them or maybe they'll try one little bite. That's going to be really helpful. And of course, as parents or older siblings, modeling eating those foods is key, right? If dad's not eating the carrots, well... They're, they're picking up on that behavior. And so it's really important to have positive modeling with any adults um, who are in the house so that kids can see them eating it. They're going to be more interested in eating it then. Yeah, that's so good. So getting them to the positive modeling and then getting them to at least touch the food, which if they're helping to prepare it, yeah. they're doing that They're anyway. doing that anyways, exactly. So that is a win-win. That's excellent. Um, you mentioned, uh, obviously, we can have some sharper tools and some heat sources and uh, in the kitchen. And we, we talked about some um, specific activities that kids mm-hmm. can do at different ages. What about tools? Do you, do you have any recommendations for, you know, tools for kids? Uh, obviously, again, this is going to be vary upon the age mm-hmm. and the skill level of the child. But what are some things that parents should be aware of that could be helpful in this process? Absolutely. So, you know, things like a wooden spoon or a whisk or plastic measuring bowls, all of those things are very safe for kids to use. Um, You know, tablespoons and measuring cups, all of those are great. Now, when we get into like the vegetable peeler or the knives, this is when we're going to want to take a look at what they're using. So a plastic knife or a nylon knife, this is a great option for kids. So it feels similar to the weight of an actual knife. So it's easier, you know, it's not just going to fall out of their hand. It's not going to snap and break. Uh, It's oftentimes serrated, so it's going to be a little bit easier to cut through a fruit or vegetable. That's a great option. So there's lots of kids-safe knives that they can use. Of course, we still want to have supervision, but these are not going to be if they slip a little bit, you know, getting them a big gash on their finger. Uh, There's also plastic vegetable peelers, so it's still going to have to have a sharper end to you know, peel the vegetable, but it's not going to be as sharp as metal. So that can be a great option for something for them to use. 
And then, of course, really, if they are getting older and um, it is developmentally appropriate for them to use a knife, it's important to get one that actually fits their hand, a smaller, you know, you don't want to hand a six-year-old a giant chef's knife. So a smaller knife that's going to actually fit their hand and then really showing and teaching hands-on this is exactly what to do and being there with them every step of the way, making sure, you know, there's a lot of really important knife skills and there's great resources online on how to uh for how to teach your kids how to use that. But, you know, we want to make sure we bend our fingers back so that if the knife slips, you know, it's it's not going to cut our fingers. We want to make sure that the cutting board is stable. It's not going to slip off the counter. We want to make sure, you know, that we're using proper form and that it's not going to slip. So all of those things are really important to teach. On Just on that subject of knives real fast before we go on to other tools, I watch a lot of cooking shows, mm-hmm. and I've always heard that a sharp knife is a safe knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you have to, you want the children to be at the appropriate age for this, but once they're old enough to have an actual knife, like, I mean, does that hold true? Do you want it to be sharp? Yeah. So the reason they say a dull knife, right, you're going to be using so much more of your body force to try. If you're cutting a potato into cubes and you have a really dull knife, you're going to be pushing really hard. You're going to probably be more wobbly. You're maybe going to push that cutting board. And so that's where it becomes um, unsafe. So yes, we do want it to be sharp enough to cut the vegetable that or fruit or whatever food they might be cutting. Um, That's why starting with softer fruits and vegetables, if they're using that um, nylon or plastic knife is gonna be the safest bet. Things like tomatoes, cucumbers, strawberries, those are gonna, we wanna start with those, not, you know, an acorn squash or a potato. That's gonna be a lot harder. Yeah. So what else? What else can parents use? So I would say getting kids to an appropriate height at the counter is really important. Um, So if they're going to be at the counter, have them on a stool or a chair that they're going to be safe on. And then also, it's totally fine to bring them to the kitchen table. You know, if they have a little booster seat or if they just feel more comfortable sitting in certain chairs at the table, they don't have to be at the counter to help with cooking. So you could bring, you know, a set up a little cooking station at the kitchen table where all the kids are going to be safe sitting. They don't have to be, you know, we definitely don't want to be standing on a stool with open fire, right? That's wobbly. We want to make sure they're in a safe, secure place, but that can be at the the counter or it can also be at the table or, you know, if you have another area that they can sit safely, that can be an option as well. I know I was talking to one of my colleagues yesterday who does have kids and he said one thing that they like to do is have a lower cabinet where they have like their cups mm-hmm. or their their measuring uh, cups and all, all the tools that they would use so they can go get them really easy. Obviously all safe items, but yeah. they can get them themselves. Yeah, that's great. And again, that's another way to involve them in the process. Say, hey, you know, tonight we're going to be cooking this and we need these tools. Can you go get those? And then that helps them see, especially, you know, when they're that age where they're reading and, and seeing is this a quarter cup or a half a cup? Again, all of those fine motor skills are really, really important. You had mentioned earlier about the grocery store, and I want to talk about that a little bit. But um, before I do, any other recommendations on tools or things that parents can have ready to go to make this process better for their kids? Yeah, I think it's, again, figuring out what tools you need for to create the meal and if there are certain ones that are not going to be safe can you adapt it to something else so if you're making a meal that does inquire or require a lot of chopping or cutting okay can you get a kid safe knife and if that's not an option then can you give them a different task there's still always a way to figure out how to involve them in some capacity but it's just figuring out what that looks like based on what you're making i i just love that concept so much and i assume 
part of figuring that out is working with the child themselves and asking what do they want to do? What do Mm -hmm. they feel comfortable with as well? So even that process, it seems like they can be involved in. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's talk grocery store because this is obviously where cooking really starts, right? Mm -hmm. This is where, well, I guess it starts as you're putting together your recipe list. But, um, you know, we, we mentioned having kids help pick out what, what they want to make that week. But how can kids be helpful at the grocery store as well? Because this is kind of their first contact with the ingredients that they'll be using in the yeah, kitchen. absolutely. Again, this will depend on how old they are and what they're going to want to do. But there's lots of ways that you can involve them, whether that's starting at the creation of the grocery list. So I always tell families, shop your pantry, your fridge, and your freezer first before you make a grocery list. So even that skill of looking, hey, what do we have? What's already in the home that we're going to cook this week? Even as you're maybe creating the grocery list, say, oh, we need rice this week. Can you go see if we have rice? And if it's in a place that they can see, that's super helpful for them to help you out in that way. Um, So it can start there in the creation or even asking them, you know, which new fruit or vegetable do you want to try this week? Or we need to pick out a fruit to pack in your lunch for school. What do you want it to be this week? And again, if they're having trouble, you can give them those, you know, here's three options. Do you want to have this, this, or this? And that can really help. And then once you're at the grocery store, you know, they can have a have a marker and help cross off the things on your list. Say, okay, we got this. Can you mark it off? If they're at the age where they can read and identify that item, say, okay, here's what, show them an apple. And then they have to find on the list where the apple is and cross it off the list. That can be helpful. Um, Even fun things like weighing the produce. Okay, we need one pound. Can you go put it on the scale? Um, Or if you have any coupons, helping them find your coupons. Okay, this is what we got. Can you find where that picture is on in the, uh, you know, stack of coupons? Um, Letting them read items off your list, you know, saying, okay, here we are in the produce area. Can you see what's on here that, you know, we need to get and have them read those things off to you? Allow them to, you know, ask questions of what is, oftentimes that's not a hard thing for kids to do to ask questions. What's this? What's this? What's this? Um, But allow them to do that and then, you know, help explain this is what this food is or this is what this can do. Um, Oftentimes kids, you know, might be interested or just curious about that. And that's a really good way to speak into that. So I think that's a great thing to do. Also, sometimes taking your kids to the grocery store is just not an option. It's based on their behavior or your timing or how things are going to go. It's just not an option. So that's totally fine. If they can't come, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job involving them. I just want that to be clear because taking your kids to the grocery store can be quite the experience. We've all either experienced it or seen it happen when it's just, uh, it's tough. So I think that this can be an option, but if your kids are at an age where it's just, you know, not realistic, that's totally fine. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. I have seen some parents at the grocery store that I'm just like, you know what, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> like you're doing your best. It's yes. got to be difficult. Exactly. But if the child wants to be involved, I, I love that they can have all these little things to do that to, you know help with cognitive abilities mm-hmm. and, again, touching the food, picking it out, yeah. you know, if it's something not familiar to them or they think it's gross, you know, even starting there before they bring it home and get it on the kitchen table. Absolutely. You know, and as they get older, showing kids how to pick out, you know, you don't want to buy an overly ripe piece of fruit. How do we look for that? Or, you know, how do we check the expiration date? Or, you know, even showing kids, hey, this is in the grocery store where the fruits and vegetables are on sale because they're going to go bad quickly. But, you know, if we can cook them tonight or tomorrow, this is a great option because we, that can help save some money. So all of these life skills are can be a great way to implement them is in the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I, I, you know, we're having these conversations and, and, and this is so great to involve kids at the store and, and at home in the kitchen. 
but I, I can't help but get the feeling that this is kind of like a perfect world scenario, right? Absolutely. I don't have kids, but I have plenty of friends who have kids. And when you have kids, you've got all kinds of activities you're bringing them to, all kinds of sports. Mm-hmm. Time is probably short. And I'm so sure there are parents out there saying, you know, I don't even have enough time to cook most nights. Yeah. How am I going to bring a, a you know, a, my child into this and, and try to teach them and, and watch them? So what would you say to those parents who are just short on time? Yeah, absolutely. Well, number one, you're totally valid. Again, this is all like when you have time, the stars are aligned. I realize this is not every day. So this hopefully was just to give you some tips of when you do have that time or capacity, here's some things you can try. But yes, I am not, it is not realistic to say, okay, every night everyone's going to be, you know, calmly at their cooking station preparing their item. Like that's not real life. So yeah, I think when time is short, um, even if you're throwing together like breakfast for dinner, Let's say we have toast, eggs, and some fruit. Okay, that takes less than 10 minutes to prepare. So your child who's, you know, old enough to crack some eggs, that can be their job. You know, maybe a younger one is putting uh, the bread in the toaster. Maybe the other one is washing the fruit. Maybe the other one is cutting the fruit, you know, the tops of the strawberries off or whatever fruit you may be having. So even those simple, quick, easy meals, or maybe you're throwing a frozen meal in the microwave, right? Okay, well, they can get it out of the freezer. If a child is older, they could help read the directions. Um, and then maybe put it, you know, they can punch in the time of how long it needs to go in the microwave. Or you're doing, you know, a bag of frozen veggies. Those can be quick and easy. So putting something like that in the microwave, they can also, again, read those directions, punch in the time. Um, for families who maybe aren't doing as much cooking, maybe they're getting takeout. I always suggest to just do a partial takeout meal. So hmm. I get it. Time is, you know. There's such a limited time, especially when you're running from place to place and time to go grocery shopping and get everything cooked. So if that's not an option, instead of going to get a full meal from a fast food restaurant, say a cheeseburger, fries, and a drink, okay, well, let's just get the main meal. Let's just get the entree, whether you get, you know, a chicken sandwich or a cheeseburger or chicken nuggets, and then skip on the fries and the drink. Number one, it's going to be a lot healthier. Number two, it's going to save you a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then three, when you come home, because most people, you know, if you're not eating in the car, you're taking it home to eat, then we can still make a balanced meal. So if you have, you know, uh, chicken nuggets, okay, well, we're, we're missing fruits and veggies from this meal, so let's add them. So that could be a place where you throw those frozen veggies in the microwave, or you get a bagged salad and your child can help dump all the things in the bowl or they can help set the table or grab the napkins while you're all sitting down or if you're having fruit they can wash and prepare the fruit or if you're getting canned fruit they can drain and rinse it so canned and frozen fruit and vegetables those are great options for quick and easy on the go so if you have a can of peaches okay we're gonna just open it up if a kid is old enough to open the can that can be a job for them and then drain and rinse any of the juice or syrup out of there so we're just reducing some of that added sugar and then boom you've got a side of fruit so all of those things can take less time but still involve the kids in the process i just i want to take a minute to tell all the parents listening to just give yourselves a pat on the back parenting is a tough job and yeah i i love that so much because yeah obviously it would be great to say okay we're going to get everyone together at 5 30 be at your station this is what we're making. It's a, you know, eight ingredient recipe, yeah. but it, it isn't, it isn't practical. Right. And so I love, even if takeout is the best option because of a time standpoint, um, having some things that they can fall back on mm-hmm. to add to that meal or some simple things to do because absolutely. time is short. Yeah, we can only absolutely. do what we can do. Yes, absolutely. So we, we've talked about, uh, you know, a lot of the reasons why 
involving children in cooking is important and, and some of the tools, some of the things that um, parents should keep in mind, some of the ways that they should be kind to themselves mm-hmm. as they try to implement this. I guess to end, do you have any recipes or any resources to start with that uh, could be helpful for parents who want to try this out? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, if you're just starting out, like this can happen once a month. That's great, right? This is not the expectation to happen every day. So um, I would start with whatever meal you're already making and just see if there's any things that you can adapt to have your child be involved in. So you don't have to go find, oh, only some kid-friendly recipe to have. You know, whatever you're going to cook for dinner, just see if there's some skills or tools or things that they can do based on what we talked about today to involve them in the process. So that's a great place to start. Um, Otherwise, like crockpot meals or soups, I know we're getting into spring, so maybe a little bit away from that, but those are really great recipes where they can sort of, you know, dump a bag of frozen vegetables or canned beans into the crockpot. That's a really good thing for them to do or stir things, mix them, get the spices from the spice cabinet or the drawer. Um, And then also there's a website called Chop Chop Family. And it is a great resource. It has lots of really great recipes on there. And it's all about involving kids in how to get in the kitchen. And so that is a really great resource where families can look for some new recipes. And it will sort of talk through how kids can help and get involved in that process. So that is another really great place to start. And I just want to repeat that. It's Chop Chop Family. Yep, chopchopfamily.org. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for just this. Again, I I think that this is just such a unique topic. And obviously, teaching kids to eat healthy foods at a young age, it's just going to help them as they transition into being adults and build that foundation. And I I love the way that uh, foods can be introduced to them Mm -hmm. and I guess take some of the scariness or unknowns out of food through this this method. So uh, is there anything else that I missed? Anything else you want to talk about before we end? Um, I think for um, the parent who feels like this is a really daunting thing is to start with a task that helps you. So maybe that's setting the table. Maybe that's taking the trash of the scraps of whatever vegetable you cut and taking them to the trash can. Maybe that's unloading or loading the dishes. Just start there. So instead of feeling like, okay, they need my full supervision while they're cutting something new, um, don't feel like that's the only option. There's so many other tasks that they can do that hopefully will be helpful to you as well. Uh, And anything that we mentioned, you know, can be, even if your child is older, they can still do a younger quote-unquote task uh, of helping or being involved. So don't feel like, okay, they're now eight, they have to be doing this. No, any of the things that we mentioned from the younger age can be helpful to implement um, as they get older. Well, Catherine, thank you so much. Uh, I think that this is so helpful. Um, This is so practical. Really appreciate you being here today. I will say to all the parents out there who are going to try this, uh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for that journey. Good luck. Um, But I think this is just a really neat and important thing to do and just a great way to spend time with your kids, too. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, happy cooking. Yes, and uh, we will definitely have you back on at some point. Thank you again, as always, for your expertise. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Young and Healthy Podcast. We'll see you next time. This episode of Young and Healthy was recorded on March 15th, 2023. The content of the Young and Healthy podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Our theme music was created by Stephen Grieco, and this episode was produced by yours truly.